pray. Thank you again, Father, for the Psalms, for these uh, model prayers written by David and uh, Korah and Asaph and others, Lord. We thank you for them. We thank you that they show us how to pray. We thank you that they show us what real prayer is about and that it's about a reflection of real life and real commitment, real emotions, real struggles, uh, all brought before you. And so, Lord, we pray that you'd help us to pray more effectively today. Open your word up to us, Lord God. Help us to understand how to pray and help us to understand better how you work in our lives. We love you. We worship you. We adore you. Um, I pray that your spirit would rest on me to bring your word to your people today through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompassed me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. Then the earth reeled and rocked. The foundations also of the mountains trembled and quaked because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Glowing coals flamed forth from him. He bowed the heavens and came down. Thick darkness was under his feet. He rode on a cherub and flew. He came swiftly on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him. Thick clouds dark with water. Out of the brightness before him, hailstones and coals of fire broke through his clouds. The Lord also thundered in his heavens, and the Most High uttered his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. And he sent out his arrows and scattered them. He flashed forth lightnings and routed them. Then the channels of the sea were seen, and the foundations of the world laid bare at your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils. He sent from on high, he took me, he drew me out of many waters, he rescued me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his rules were before me and his statutes I did not put away from me. I was blameless before him and I kept myself from guilt. So the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. With the merciful, you show yourself merciful. With the blameless, you show yourself blameless. With the purified, you show yourself pure. And with the crooked, you make yourself seem tortuous. For you save a humble people. But the haughty eyes bring you down. You bring down, excuse me. For it is you who light my lamp. The Lord my God lightens my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord? 
And who is a rock except our God, the God who equipped me with strength and made my way blameless? He made my feet like the feet of a deer and set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have given me the shield of your salvation and your right hand supported me and your gentleness made me great. You gave a wide place for my steps under me and my feet did not slip. I pursued my enemies and overtook them and did not turn back till they were consumed. I thrust them through so that they were not able to rise. They fell under my feet, for you equipped me with strength for the battle. You made those who rise against me sink under me. You made my enemies turn their backs to me, and those who hated me I destroyed. They cried for help, but there was none to save. They cried to the Lord, but he did not answer them. I beat them fine as dust before the wind. I cast them out like the mire of the streets. You delivered me from strife with the people. You made me the head of nations. People whom I had not known served me. As soon as they heard of me, they obeyed me. Foreigners came cringing to me. Foreigners lost heart and came trembling out of their fortresses. The Lord lives, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be the God of my salvation, the God who gave me vengeance and subdued peoples under me, who delivered me from my enemies. Yes, you exalted me above those who rose against me. You rescued me from the man of violence. For this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations, and sing to your name. Great salvation he brings to his king, and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever. May God bless to us this reading from his holy word. I don't know about you, but there are some days when I feel like I just can't go on. Now, do you ever have that, you know, where you wake up in the morning and you think, gosh, if I wasn't a person of integrity, I would call in sick today. Even though I'm not really sick, I just don't know if I can face this person at work. Uh, or I don't, just don't know if I can face this situation. And, uh, and sometimes just uh, the stress and the strain of all the stuff that starts to come after us uh, just seems to overwhelm us and push us down and make us kind of struggle. And, and we, we want to quit. We want to stop. We don't think we can go forward. And, uh, and somehow... Somehow we think, gosh, what am I going to do? How am I going to get through this season? How am I going to overcome this situation? And it's in the midst of these kinds of feelings that Psalm 18 can really speak to us and teach us how to pray. You know, because actually we don't need strength when we're feeling strong. There's seldom a time that when we we feel like we're on top of the world and and so full of joy that we need to pray for joy. It's only in times of great weakness and it's in times of great turbulence that we especially need the strength that the Lord provides. And it's in these times that we need to learn to cry out here with the words of Psalm 18. Now, if you look at this psalm, it's a rather long psalm, 
but you can, you can begin to divide it into three movements here. Now, David, first of all, starts out with a, a few words in what you might call the introduction. The theme is here, I love you, O Lord, my strength. Notice what David is doing here. He's going to God in his moment of weakness. He's going to God in his time of struggling. He's going to God in this time of turbulence. And he's saying, I love you, O Lord, my strength. And notice how he makes some faith declarations here. He says, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved or I will be saved from my enemies. So what he is doing here, he begins in this opening time of prayer just to focus on the Lord and make a declaration about who the Lord is. Now, notice what he's not doing here. Uh, He's not making an empty declaration. He's not making a declaration that focuses in on himself. It's not about like the three guys, you know, that died and went to hell. Uh, One was a Presbyterian that, you know, didn't believe you could lose your salvation. One was a Baptist who thought you could lose a salvation. And the other was a, a positive thinker. You know, and the Presbyterian died and he woke up in hell and he said, well, I guess I never had it. And the Baptist, he died, woke up in hell. He said, oh, you know, I had it, but I lost it. And then the positive thinker said, you know, it's not hot and I'm not here. You know, and we can't make that kind of faith declaration in the midst of turbulence. You know, it's not the time to say, oh, it's not turbulent. Things are not going wrong. Things are not bad. Things are not difficult. It's not the time to make empty declarations, but it's a time to focus on God and make faith-filled declarations about who God is. And that's what David is doing, and that's where he's starting out. And then from that foundation, from that standpoint, he goes into... Uh, the, next, uh, the next section, you will, if you will, or the next uh, uh, movement or the first movement here of the Psalms, which would start with verse 4 and go down to verse 19. And I'm not going to go through all these verses, but basically what David is saying here is that God is sovereign and God will deliver me and God is powerful to accomplish everything that he's promised to do. So David, in the time of turbulence, he makes declarations about who God is, and then he starts to to describe God's deliverance. He describes God's power. He describes God's authority. He describes a, a God who has the power to accomplish everything he desires. He describes the God who has the ability to achieve his deliverance. He focuses in on God in his glory and his majesty and his power. He's not just focusing here on God's love. He's not just focusing here on God's grace. Those things are important enough, but his declaration is about the sovereignty of God, about the power of God, about the authority of God, and about the ability of God to deliver him. So after making his faith declarations about God, he goes in to describe and to affirm the sovereignty of God. And that's the first movement of his prayer. But he doesn't stop there with that movement. He goes into the second movement of his prayer, which starts in verse 20. And uh, starts in, in verse 20. And I'm trying to think where it goes down there to say, da-da, da-da, da-da. 
uh, and goes down to verse 27. Verse 20 down to 27. Now what David does in this next movement is now he focuses on himself. And he's focusing particularly on his life and on his righteousness. So David is realizing that God might be sovereign, God might be great, God might be merciful, God might have all the authority in the world, but unless David is in the right place with the Lord, unless David is walking before the Lord in health and righteousness, then he has no ability to presume, if you will, upon that sovereignty of God to come and rescue him and help him and deliver him. So David is going in and saying, okay, I've made my way pure. I'm looking at myself and I'm dealing with my sin. I'm dealing with those sin issues that I have in my life. Uh, I'm walking in righteousness here. I know that I've been merciful and so I can understand you will show yourself merciful to me. I've sought to be blameless and you will show yourself blameless to me. I've sought to be pure, and you will show yourself pure to me. And if I wasn't walking in this way, you would deal with me in a different way. Now, depending on where you are in your life at the moment, that can either sound like good news or bad news. But here's the good news for us as followers of Jesus. Through Jesus Christ, we have been made right before God. Through Jesus Christ, we walk in righteousness. Through Jesus Christ, we are pure. Through Jesus Christ, we are blameless. Through Jesus Christ, we are righteous. Through Jesus Christ, we are following the law of the Lord. Through Jesus Christ, we are observing His ways and His statutes. In faith in Jesus Christ, all of these things come to us as a gift. And so whereas David would have to look at himself and look on the basis of his actual behavior, we know we can look at ourselves on the basis of what Jesus Christ has done for us in the cross and empty tomb, and how Jesus Christ has delivered us. And so we can have that confidence before the Lord that we are in a right place for God to come and be our strength, to come and deliver us, to come and lift us up. And so you notice where then the movement that David has, he starts it out by praising, exalting God, making faith declarations about God. He goes into that to celebrating the sovereignty and power of God. He goes from there then to celebrating his right relationship with God. And we do that through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And then we enter into the third movement of this psalm, which begins somewhere in the neighborhood of verse 27 and goes down uh, to the end, uh, down to verse 50. And you can call this movement of the psalm a celebration of humility. So David, he starts out, he declares the sovereignty and majesty and power of God. He celebrates his right relationship with God. And then he celebrates humility. Because David realizes that without humility, God will not move on his behalf. Now one of the greatest dangers we face as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, is pride. 
Of all the things, of all the sins of life, I fear pride more than anything. And I do not want pride in my life. And notice here, David could have been a proud guy. He could have said in this psalm, you know, I'm a man after God's own heart. God has appointed me as king. I am so strong. I am good. I can achieve anything I want to achieve. I can make my name great. I can establish my kingdom. You know, David could have had, with some degree of legitimacy, he could have stated all of those things, but he doesn't do any of those things. Notice from verse 27, everything is attributed to God. Everything that David has, every success that David has, every strength that David has, every anointing that David has, every victory that David has, uh, every deliverance that David has, the fact that God has trained his hands for war, that he has been made great by the gentleness of God, Everything is focused on God. Everything is attributed to God and God at work in his life. David doesn't, in this psalm, he doesn't look to anything for himself. He doesn't attribute any of his greatness to his own success, uh, to, to his, his own uh, striving, to his own works. He gives it all to God. And he realizes that if he's going to have deliverance in the turbulent times, that it's not going to be him that brings it about. It can only be God who brings it about. And so David humbles himself and gives to God glory for every strength, every blessing, everything that he has in his life. He passes that on to God. And because of this, he can celebrate there, for this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations and sing to your name. Great salvation he brings to his king And you could say there to his son or to his servant, that's you, and show steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever. And so in the midst of these turbulent times, David leads us in a time of prayer that positions him for God's deliverance to act in his life and for him to come through that time of turbulence with strength. And we can pray the same thing as David did. You know, we are children of the king. We are king's kid. We, we are princes because of Jesus Christ. And we can celebrate that the God who worked in the life of David is the same God who works in our lives by the power of his Holy Spirit to the glory of his son, Jesus Christ. And in the midst of turbulent times, we can pray along with David, I love you, O Lord, my strength. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for its encouragement. Thank you for the strength that we have in and through it. Thank you for how you minister to us in and through it. Lord, I pray that as we worship you in song, You'd give each of us strength. You would increase our strength that we might live for you, that we might serve you and love you and be your sons and daughters in the marketplace and beyond. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.